Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh from the Field. I'm your host, Ken Nelson. And on today's episode, I have four guests. Um, I have with me Thomas Cooley from the Department of Natural Resources. He's a pathologist um, for the Wildlife Disease Lab in East Lansing. I have Michelle Shallow, a program manager for Animal Industry Division. I have Thomas Lawrence, who's with the Pesticide and Plant Pest Management Division. He's a pesticide applicator um, for the business license specialist. And finally, I have Emily Den, a medical entomologist with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, thank you all for joining. I'm just going to jump right in with the first question, um, and that's for Tom Lawrence. Uh, Tom, so mosquitoes are annoying and potentially uh, dangerous pests. So what are some prevention steps people can take to help get ahead of the problem? One of the biggest things that, that Michigan residents can do is get rid of the standing water in their in their yard or around their property. Mosquitoes like to lay their eggs in standing waters. And <clears throat> they can, some of the different types of standing water, if you have a, a little kiddie pool there, if there are any old tires that water will collect in there, um, empty any flower pots. If you have uh, your eaves troughs, your gutters are, are full of water, they can lay in there. So that's a big thing that um, people can do is get rid of water. Another thing is remove any tall grass or brush around your property, old brush piles, get rid of those because mosquitoes will, will harbor in areas like that. And the last thing is, is get trim your, your bushes around your house. The mosquitoes will like to harbor in tall brush or bushes and landscaping. So let's say they, you, you, you don't do any of that and the mosquitoes have arrived. <laughs> so what, what can be done to help get rid of them? Well, there's two types of, of products that, that you use once you have the mosquitoes in order to kill the mosquitoes. And there, there are larvicides and adulticides. And what the larvicides are is they go after the larva of the mosquito. So it, it, it'll, you apply it to the water because the mosquitoes like to lay their eggs in standing water. So you apply larvicides. Um, you know, a small pond can have as many as a, a million mosquito larvae in it. So you really get a bigger bang for your buck in controlling the mosquitoes that the um, when, when they're in the larva stage. The mosquito districts, the, the counties that have programs up in the thumb area, they spend about 75% of their time and budget on larviciding. So it's a very effective program. If you do not have access to larviciding, then you, you have adulticides and that obviously kills the adults, but they're only effective if the product actually touches the mosquito. And many of the products that are used today do not have the residual effect after they've hit the ground. So timing is very important when using adulticides, you know, usually in the morning or in the evening. So you're a little bit limited more um, on your timing wise on adulticides, but those are the two ways uh, to control mosquitoes. So um, Emily, from a human health standpoint, why is it important to prevent mosquitoes? Well, the most obvious reason was to prevent disease transmission. Mosquitoes are transmitters of many different kinds of diseases here in Michigan. And so the better that we can prevent mosquitoes and mosquito bites, the better we can reduce disease transmission. The other thing that probably not isn't as obvious until you're in the situation is nuisance. You know, not all mosquito species transmit diseases to humans, but the females of all species of mosquitoes can bite you. And, you know, there are overwhelming studies that show that um, being outdoors provides many, many 
different health benefits. And it's kind of a bummer when you're trying to spend time outdoors and the mosquitoes drive you away. And so it's important to prevent mosquitoes to reduce transmission and to reduce nuisance. So now we're talking about, you know, from a, from a human standpoint, but also mosquitoes can affect um, animals and transmit diseases to animals. So Michelle, can you talk a little bit about what diseases can uh, mosquitoes can transmit to um, animals? Well, like people, mosquitoes can transmit Eastern equine encephalitis or Tripoli and West Nile virus to animals. Typically, the animals that we're thinking about that get the disease would include horses and other equids like donkeys and zebras, as well as birds, but certainly other animals can get both these diseases as well. Uh, I, I would like to point out that when animals get sick with this, they typically get inflammation of the brain and we might see signs like incoordination, walking in circles, being down with an inability to get up, seizures, tremors, or sudden death. And horses could even act colicky. And our typical time when we see these diseases is usually July to October in Michigan. Thank you, Michelle. So Tom, um, this is for Tom Cooley. What mosquito-borne illnesses have uh, been seen in wildlife? The same diseases, West Nile virus and Eastern equine encephalitis that Dr. Shallow spoke of in companion animals also occur in wildlife. In Michigan, we've diagnosed West Nile virus in 65 avian species and six mammalian species and Eastern equine encephalitis in one mammalian species, the white-tailed deer, and three avian species. So Emily, uh, beyond applying pesticides, how can people um, best protect themselves from mosquito-borne illnesses? I would like to echo Tom Lauren says points in the very first question of this podcast where people can take steps to reduce standing water sources around their home and um, trim and manage things like overgrown um, vegetation and brush piles. So definitely there's that aspect too. Um, and to iterate that pesticides are just one tool in a box to help prevent mosquito-borne diseases. They have their uses in very specific conditions like Tom Lawrence mentioned. And so um, a repellent is one tool in a box to be used in conjunction with other tactics to prevent mosquito-borne diseases and mosquito bites. And I would like to put a plug in for EPA find a repellent web source where users can try to find a repellent that's suitable for their needs and what they're looking for in a repellent. In addition to wearing repellent, I also recommend wearing long sleeves and pants, especially around dawn and dusk when the mosquitoes are especially active. And again, to dump things like standing water sources inside and outside the home to prevent and reduce mosquito breeding. And when you wanna open up your windows for the summer to let the breeze in, if you have a screen, repair those screens on doors, windows, patios, and other places like that to prevent mosquitoes from entering the home. Now, what should people do if they suspect that um, they or someone they know has Tripoli or WNV? Seek medical attention promptly. Um, neither Eastern equine encephalitis or West Nile virus have signature symptoms. And those diseases can look a lot like other diseases that aren't related to mosquitoes at all. And to diagnose those diseases, you need specialized testing to differentiate them. And so we really urge to seek medical attention as soon as possible and pursue um, appropriate medical testing as soon as possible. Thank you, Emily. Um, Michelle, how can pet owners and veterinarians help protect animals against these diseases? For horses, the number one thing we can do is vaccinate them. 
we have highly effective and safe vaccines for both Tripoli and West Nile virus for horses. And it's really important to know that with Tripoli, we're looking at up to 95% of horses that get that disease dying. And with West Nile virus, up to 40% of horses that get that dying. And the death can be very fast too. Aside from vaccinating horses, one of our big our big tools is gonna to be protecting animals from being bitten in the first place, as well as preventing mosquito breeding. So using mosquito repellents on animals, just make sure the mosquito repellent is approved for that species. Keeping our animals indoors during peak hours. So for your pets, bring them in the house. For your horses and other livestock, bring them into the barn. Um, for your horses and other livestock, equally so putting them under fans. Mosquitoes are not strong fires, so um, the fans can kind of deter them from being able to bite the horses and the other livestock animals. And then lastly, regularly changing water. So their water buckets, their um, water bowls or troughs. Uh, I would strive to try to change the water in those about once a week. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Tom Cooley, uh, if someone suspects that a wild animal is sick or might have died from a mosquito-borne illness, what, what should they do? Due to the COVID-19 restrictions, the DNR field offices are not open to the public. So if you observe a sick or dead bird that you think may have died from West Nile or Eastern Equine Encephalitis, contact the Wildlife Disease Lab. And that phone number is 517-336-5030. Or you can visit the website at www.michigan.gov WNV and your information will be recorded and passed along to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Now, why is it, Tom, why is it important um, to identify mosquito-borne illnesses in wildlife? This is for you again, Tom Cooley. Because of the uh, precautions that are, can be taken for uh, companion animals can't be taken for wildlife. Uh, wildlife often serve as sentinel species, that is that they become infected before any other species is infected, and so they, uh, allow us to give the health departments a warning that uh, there are some um, West Nile virus positive or suspect animals in their area so that they can alert the public. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Michelle, um, what should animal owners do if they think an animal has um, Tripoli or West Nile virus? First, they should contact a veterinarian as soon as possible. There actually is, first of all, you can test for these diseases and there actually is funding available to cover the full testing costs for these diseases in Michigan animals. Um, the only thing is that we have to pre-approve the testing and the testing must be done at Michigan State University's Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. Even recently deceased animals can be tested. It's also important to know that both Tripoli and West Nile virus are reportable. So the other thing is if they suspect an animal has it, they need to report it to us. And they can do that by calling us at 1-800-292-3939. That's also the same number they would call if they want approval for testing. All right, thank you, Michelle. Um, so this last question is for anyone who wants to jump in and, and uh, participate. And so given today's discussion, what is one key takeaway that you would like to emphasize for listeners? Uh, anybody can, can jump in here. This is Tom Lawrence. I'd like to emphasize that the larvicides and, and adulticides used um, on the mosquitoes are pesticides and they have labels on them and those labels are law. So you must follow those, follow every aspect of that label or you could be found in violation of the law. If you do not want to apply those pesticides, 
the state of Michigan licenses companies to do that. And you can find a list on, of those companies on the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development's website. Thank you, Tom. Um, anybody else want to jump in? To prevent mosquito bites means preventing mosquito-borne diseases. I can't emphasize that enough. For more information about mosquitoes and mosquito-borne diseases in Michigan, you can visit our website at michigan.gov slash emerging diseases, all one word. Now, this is Tom Cooley. If you see a neurological animal, uh, contact our laboratory at 517-336-5030. Or again, you can go on to the website at www.michigan.gov WNV slash WNV. Uh, for me, it's ensuring your horse is currently vaccinated against West Nile virus and Tripoli. Once horses go through an initial series of, of boosters, the vaccine is typically boosted each year. Um, spring is the ideal time to vaccinate before the diseases emerge. So pretty much right now is the time you want to be making sure that your horses are currently vaccinated against these diseases. And in general, for more information about these diseases, equinediseasescc.org. Thank you, Michelle, and thank you everyone for coming on today. Um, and for the listeners, I hope this was very informative. Uh, this is a lot of great information for you. I'll put all that information, uh, the, 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 web, the website links and the numbers in the show notes as well. Uh, thank you all again, and I'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.